You are now about to experience the Revive Effect. I'm your host, Matt Celestio, and if you want to learn to master your mind, get the body you want, and create the life you've always wanted to live, you are in the right place. At Revive, my mission is to create a better way of living for our generation by challenging the current ways we live every day. And in each episode, I bring you a radically different approach to fat loss, a fresh perspective on life, and a new way of living to help you get to where you truly want to be in life. So kick back and let's jump into it. Welcome to The Revive Effect. All right, let me ask you a question to start out today. So do you find that you always have this kind of brain fog? You can't really think straight and you feel almost just out of it, a little bit spacey. You can't really stay focused on what you're doing. And not, not only this, but on top of everything, you get a little easily distracted and not just distracted in terms of when you're doing your work, but it's almost like you can't pick which goal you want to do, pick which project you want to focus on. And you get sidetracked and you have your energy in a million different places all at once. So this can contribute to a lot of feelings of overwhelm, anxiety. You might feel just overstimulated all the time. And on top of all this, like we said, sometimes it feels like you can't catch a break. Things just can't seem to go your way. You're going, why can I just get my damn break? You know, I'm doing everything right, helping everybody out. I'm giving my energy to so many people. Why don't I get anything in return? And I believe all of these questions that you're having, all of these feelings that you're having, they're all tied back to one simple thing. And that simple thing, focus. See, if you can't really think straight or you feel out of it, that's a result of a lack of focus. If you had focus, you'd be able to focus on that one thing. Not only that, when you get distracted, you can't pick which goal you want to pursue, or you feel so overwhelmed, that's a result of your energy just diluted across so many different areas. And again, right back to a result of focus. And believe it or not, the way that you feel you can't catch a break, that's attributed to what you're focusing on and what you're magnifying. And in turn, that's what you're attracting. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper on that today. Because that's a little bit of a wooey topic that a lot of people might not really have their foot in the door and the doorstep of. So we're going to dive in deep on that. But how the main overarching topic of this podcast is how can you go from having brain, brain fog, feeling overwhelmed, you're so easily distracted and always in this state of, you know, things never seem to be going your way. You're going to understand how to shift that and become clear cut and laser focused on the things you want most in life. You're going to be able to understand how you do more work in less time. And believe it or not, you're going to understand how you're able to start attracting the life and the most things that you want most in the world with just what you focus on. Now, you and I have a privilege, the privilege of our special guest today, who is the definition of focus. This is my man, Mahib Mansuri, and Mahib and I go way back. But what you need to understand about my man, Mahib, he is a serial entrepreneur, he works his own and he owns and runs his own digital marketing and ad agency. On top of this, he's a real estate investor. And within his corporate world, he's managed hundreds of thousand dollars of ad budgets for some of the most recognized and global brands in the entire world. And my man, Mahib, he is the definition of focus. He's getting all these things done and he does it with ease, repeatability and predictability. And this guy, we are so grateful to have him into the podcast today because he actually got me into entrepreneurship. He was one who got my foot in the door. So it's almost kind of like this beautiful cyclical thing that he's coming back on my show, on my business. And I'm so grateful to share this opportunity with him and this experience today with him. 
because not only is it kind of like, like I said, nice, beautiful cyclical nature, but if anyone bodies the literal definition of focus, it's Mahib. And he is the perfect candidate, the perfect guy to share his wisdom today. And we get to pick his brain, understand a lot of his tactics and kind of dive in deep about how he would navigate a lot of the things that we talked about right at the beginning of the intro. So just a couple of highlights to dive in. We're going to look at why you struggle with focusing on the things you want most in life, whether that be your goals, your projects, a business, you want to write a book, you want to do all these things. We're going to look at why it's so hard to focus on that. Then we're going to dive into, because I like to geek out, we're going to look at how nutrition and sleep can drastically impair your ability to focus and exactly how to fix that. And then lastly, this is the most, probably the best topic of the podcast. We're going to look at how the way you talk to yourself and the words that you say every day can actually attract the life that you've always wanted to live. We got, again, so much great conversation coming up. So ladies and gentlemen, in just one moment, Mahib Mansuri. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mahib Mansuri in the house. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. you know, thanks for being here, man. I know we had this in the pipeline for months, and it's finally nice to actually get it going, right? You got it, man. I've been excited to be on this and excited to share some thoughts. Yeah, man. We, we were talking about it at the beginning. You got lots of wisdom you can share. You got your entrepreneurship, your corporate job, and just all around, you've always been that guy to get things done. So that's why we're so excited to dive into today with you. So... First of all, how are you feeling overall in terms of focus lately? Honestly, man, like focus is such an important thing. It's so vital. And sometimes you have down days. Sometimes you have down weeks, mm. right? I think I've been picking back up on my focus. But I think a big thing is it has to do with your environment. It has to do with um, the people you're around, the things that you're thinking about, right? The, the way you're thinking, the, the way your thoughts are in your head, right? Um, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling better right now. Good. Yes, that's right, man. Cause I know you're saying you just got back from where was it? My Miami, LA. I, yeah, I went to LA, San Diego. I was just all over that California area. Yeah, and the fact you said you, I got a little break from my past environment and I came back to it, and he goes, it was a nice little change of pace. Dude, everything changes when you change your environment. Mm. You move to somewhere where all your triggers are gone, right? Or at least most of them. And then you come back and you almost feel cleansed. You're like, oh, damn. And you start to notice things. You start to notice yourself picking up on habits that you didn't have when you were on that vacation. But now you came back to your environment, your home, your room, whatever it is. And you pick back up on those things. But you're, you're aware of it. At least I noticed it. Yes. And as I noticed it, I picked up on it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to be doing those things. You know, how do I change that? And how do I grow from there? Mm. Well, we're going to dive in deep a little bit more on that later. But yeah, the triggers, that's absolutely crucial to understanding your focus, your distractions and everything else you kind of get sidetracked with. But what we really want to focus on right now is why do you think so many people struggle with focusing on the things they say they want most in life, whether that be a goal, a project, a business they want to start? Why can't we just stay consistent with it? You know, I struggled with that probably for a year mm. consistency with it because I'm like, man, like I know I want this, right? I know I want to be doing X, Y, Z. I know I want to be, you know, I, I want to have a business with XYZ, with this income or whatever, right? But like, you got to tie it down to your why. You got to tie it down to your purpose, mm. right? Sometimes, you know, our focus it just isn't there because we're distracted, right? And we haven't put the value in things that we actually value. But when you dig into your purpose, you dig into your why, you, you introspect to really understand yourself, 
you understand, you subconsciously start to feel why it's important to actually focus on the things you need to focus. And by doing that, you're also identifying the things that are distracting you and pulling you away from those things that you really need to focus on. Mm. Right. And so really, you know, what I did was I doubled down on my purpose, figured out what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it. And I figured out what's distracting me from it. You know, what are the things that I actually don't value, but I'm doing, and that could be anything. You know, a common thing we see on social media and a lot of people talk about is social media. You're scrolling on your phone, right? And like, you know, you might just not be all there because you're scrolling on your phone and something as simple as putting your phone in your desk or your drawer or whatever, right? Maybe that helps. That helped me. I told you about this a little while ago, right? Where like, all I had to do was just take the phone out of my sight and it changed the way I was working. It changed the way how I was focusing and ultimately my productivity, Yes. Yes, dude. And you know what, you know what I love about what you just said there was the kind of value based approach to it. Cause so many of us don't have any values that we identify. So that's why, like you're saying, am, am I doing actions and behaviors that are not aligned with my values? That's an easy way to say yes or no to as if you should be doing it. So I'll give you an example. Like for me personally, I value time. That's the biggest thing I value is the biggest yeah. commodity we can't get back. So if you're doing something that waste that's wasting your time, aka social media, TV, eating when you're not hungry, you're able to say, okay, am I is this a good use of my time? Am I am I being respectful to my time and valuing my time? And the answer, if it's no, you need to get the hell out of there and start getting back on course, getting back to what you set out to do. Yeah, right? exactly. And you know what? Sometimes it's not as easy as it sounds, right? Oh, you can't yeah. just get the hell out of there, right? But you know what? It's also about a healthy mix of things, right? Like you're gonna look at social media. Like we're, we're in 2022, um, you know, you, you have a phone on you, you have a smartphone. Everybody like, you know, you talk to is on Instagram, right? Like people are posting pictures and stuff. It doesn't mean you have to completely eliminate something from your life, mm. right? Obviously if it's unhealthy for you, you might want to, to an extent, but maybe you just limit your time on it. Maybe you, you limit your hours on it. Maybe you set yourself up so that you have certain time for when you're working and certain time for when you're not working. And at those times, you can look at your phone. You can, you know, do what you want to do. You can be on Instagram, right? But it's about finding that healthy um, mix that's right for you. Mm, the right imbalance. You got it, man. Right and there. I'll touch on that. Yeah, we'll touch, touch on, on that, that for sure, bro. Yeah. Uh, but in, like, like you said, using the social media, setting up the time, that's a great alternative. And I also think it would be great if you used social media more intentionally. So instead of just, you know, looking at people's selfies, looking at where people are going, most of us don't care. Let's be real. Most of us don't care about that stuff, yet we look at it every day. How about you start surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded? They give you inspiration. They're giving you quotes. They're shifting your perspective on the way that you're living life. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, social media is programming us for short attention spans. Instagram reels, TikToks, 30 seconds. If you don't have somebody's attention, they're gone. And that's the way the algorithm works. If you can keep it in a shorter time, what gets more engagement? Exactly my point. So that's why when people come, like there was once I asked a couple of my good buddies, I go, what's the, what's the length of the podcast you like to listen to? I like to listen to like hour and a half. Give me three hours. No problem. They dive in deep. They're like, oh yeah, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I go, dude, <laughs> how are you going to get good information like that? But they're so programmed to just like that quick fix, that quick hit of dopamine. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I caught myself on that this morning. I was just kind of scrolling and I was watching a video preview. The guy didn't get to the point in like five seconds and I just kept scrolling after. I wanted to know the answer. I'm like, dude, get to the point, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, that's a huge thing. And honestly, like people have the attention span of a goldfish these days. Like yes. if you don't catch it on time, obviously, you know, as 
um, a creator, you're missing out on that. But as a user, you know, when you're using social media, be intentional with it. Um, you know, when, like you said, you know, follow the right people, follow like-minded people. But one thing to really be wary of it that I actually fell into was that um, you start to compare yourself to things. You start to kind of like think of yourself as, you know, yeah, like I want to be successful. This guy's successful. He's kind of like this or he's like that. And you're thinking about yourself. And this might be happening in the back of your head, but it's actually a lot of negativity sometimes, right? And it's because you're comparing yourself. You're like, well, this guy's like up and about doing this and like I'm not doing that or like I'm, I'm not like that. But you know what? You got to realize that you are you and he is him, right? It's two different people. And so sometimes it's not even just about following like-minded people or whatnot. It's about following things that make you happy, things that resonate with you, right? Okay. And trying to look at the, the greater picture so that you're not comparing yourself like that. Mm, love that so much. Yes, absolutely. And just before you move on, I wanted to touch on one other thing. Why you know, this whole concept of focus, why a lot of us can't really focus. It's because we live in the generation of overstimulation. Yeah. Our energy is fragmented in a million different ways every single minute. And there's a concept in neuroscience called neuroplasticity, which I'm sure you're aware of. And that's just basically saying the brain is plastic. It's malleable and you could maneuver it or kind of shift it into a way in which benefits you or which doesn't benefit you. So it can strengthen, you can strengthen your brain or you can make it weaker. And if you're doing stuff like watching TV or social media or just mind-numbingly doing things that aren't stimulating your mind, the neuroplasticity of your brain is going to diminish. You're going to have a weaker brain and therefore you're going to have weaker willpower because your brain isn't strengthened. Right? You go to the gym, you get strong, the same thing happens with your brain. And you're able to do that in a way which, you know, read books, listen to podcasts, think. Nobody thinks anymore. <laughs> Imagine that. So just having that in the back of your mind, understanding that the daily activities that you're doing is contributing to your lack of focus or it's either promoting it or it's hindering it. So just always keeping that in your mind, right? Hands down, man. Neuroplasticity is something so important. And, you know, I just kind of got into this probably, what, six, six, seven months ago. I knew that, you know, I can, you know, change the way I'm thinking or change the person that I am, but I didn't understand the connection with neuroplasticity, right? Um, for example, my work ethic wasn't the greatest, wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I look back at myself and I'm like, man, like, for the past probably like seven, eight years of my life, I've been working like this and I was trying to be better. I'm like, man, day one didn't work. Day two didn't work. Day three didn't work. I'm looking at it two months in. It didn't work. Three months in, you know, it didn't work. I'm getting slightly better, but you realize we're like, man, like all these years I was programming myself to work like that. Like that was being set in stone. And now suddenly I'm changing everything. It's not going to change in a month. It's not going to change in two months. Maybe it will for some people. It might not for everybody. It didn't for me, right? And you just got to be easy on yourself. And sometimes you don't look at it day to day. You look at it month over month. You look at it year over year, right? We look at it too closely and we end up almost beating ourselves up over it, right? Every day. Um, so neuroplasticity is super important. You got to believe in it. You got to trust it. You got to use it to your advantage because you can choose to program yourself in the right way to set yourself up on the right trajectory for where you want to be or the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So while we're on the topic of neuroplasticity, there's one big thing that kind of hinders or, you know, either promotes it. So Mahib, do you multitask? <laughs> no, I no, don't you don't. No, because here's the thing. Look, I work, I work a corporate job in the daytime and I'm an entrepreneur by nighttime, right? So I'm shifting two different buckets around all the time. At my corporate job, 
it's like task after task after task. This thing gets thrown at you, another thing gets thrown at you, and you're like, holy crap, like, what the hell, you know? And so technically, in a way, that is trying to multitask, right? Because I'm on Microsoft Teams, and I'm trying to work on something else on PowerPoint or whatnot, mm-hmm. and I'm getting a ding over here, and I'm looking, and I'm trying to get back, I'm looking, I'm trying to get back, and it's slowing me down, right? Because you're back and forth. You're not actually focused on something, right? To actually key in on one thing will not only help you, you know, with the quality of what you're working on, but it'll help you with the speed as well. Because now you're not wasting time going back and forth and refocusing. And the more times you go back and forth, right, the slower um, or the more time it takes for you to get back into it and and get that full focus. And you might not get that full focus, right? Um, So no, I don't multitask because it doesn't make any sense. Why would I try to do two or three things at once when technically as humans, we're incapable of doing those things at once, right? Yes, you make a great point. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Very, it's not, it's not binary. It's like linear. You exactly. got one thing to focus on. You got it. Okay, so if you do, let's say you do because I know like you, I have lots of things on the go. There's yeah. going to be times where there's going to be a little bit of overlap and there's going to be sometimes maybe nothing you can do about it. So if you do have multiple projects on the go, how did you or how can someone listening right now who has multiple goals, multiple tasks at once, how can they navigate that effectively? Yeah. That's a really good question. Honestly, I I think I spoke to you about this a little while ago too, right? Where creating blocks of your time is so important. Um, You know, when you think about multitasking or thinking about having multiple goals, um, at the end of the day, you're still actually working on one thing at a time, right? And it's important to understand the dynamic of how that actually plays out, right? And so for me, what really helped me was to actually set blocks of time. Right, where this is a block of time where I'm working on my work stuff, and then here's a block of time where I'm working on the business, right? And that changes it. It changes the way you're going about it, but it's also helping you prioritize it, right? Now you have this block of time for work. Within this block, what's important for work? Because corporate work, corporate world, I got a ton of different things to do. People are chasing me down, and it's it's crazy, right? And so, you know, how do I? prioritize something over something else well think about it think about the deadlines think about how important it is think about who's chasing you down for it right it's like yo you gotta you gotta factor it all in and then when you really understand that you know okay i should work on this first i could work on this after i could work on this next right in your personal life or your business life or whatever it's the same approach right where you're you're gonna choose you know what's important what's actually the one thing that's gonna help me move forward right and you gotta ask yourself the question right um is this thing that i'm doing moving me closer or further away from my goals right and if it's moving you closer well you obviously you know it's important right now once you've identified that right where is it on the scale of the most important or not so important and really when you look at that scale there's probably one or two or three things that you actually need to be doing and you key in on those things you eliminate a lot of the things that are slowing you down or not you know as productive or whatnot and you're able to focus a lot better you might want to call it multitasking it's really not because you're really doing one thing at a time. But what you've done is you've found a way that manages these things for you so that you can actually stay on the trajectory that you want to be on to get to where you want to be. Mm, right there. So, okay. So overall, it's kind of time blocking the things you want to do, listing out everything you want to do, and then prioritize and then slot in accordingly. Exactly. Right. There's such an efficient system. Yet how yep. many of us actually do it, right? Yeah. And you don't want to have too many things. You don't want to be looking at a list of 30 things to do. Oh, no. Find the top 
few things that are actually moving the needle and just focus on those. That's the thing, moving the needle. Exactly. Not just, there's a difference between being busy and being productive, right? So you got to remember that, keep that in the back of your mind. Hell yeah. Mm, Okay, so I want to geek out a little bit on that too because (laughs) uh, I always like to geek out, but there's this concept of cognitive bandwidth, right? So when you're multitasking, you're leaving fragments of your energy everywhere you go, fragments of your focus everywhere you go. And each time you switch, your brain now has to now go through a bunch of processes in order to focus and then focus and then focus. So that takes glucose. That takes energy from your body, yep. right? Your brain, it consumes, I think it's like 25% of the glucose. It might be even more depending on where you read it, but that's why you're so exhausted after a long day of work. Even if you're just sitting on a laptop, you're so exhausted after writing an exam because even if you just sat there for three hours, right? Your brain is going back and forth. How do I solve this problem? Who, when was Abraham Lincoln president? Mm-hmm. You know, why is there answer D and this guy got C? Like, your brain's going through that, and if you're not able to navigate your multitasking situations effectively, you're gonna be exhausted regardless of you know if you're doing the things that you're supposed to do. That's why you come home after the end of the day, you're ready to just sit on the couch. You don't want to work on your goals. You don't want to move the needle forward because your brain is so exhausted from doing all that multitasking and kind of subpar work all day. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, dude. Exactly. And you know you're you're speaking facts right there because. You can only do so much in a day, right? Your, your brain can only take on so much, so many decisions. It can only take on so many, you know, like so much willpower to push you to do stuff, right? Willpower sometimes isn't, um, isn't going to work for you because you might run out, right? Um, but, you know, somebody actually told me something a little while ago. And they were like, you know, you shouldn't look at it as if it's, you know, only a certain amount. Like you only have 100% juice left. Because sometimes when you start to look at it like that, you start to tell yourself, um, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Or you kind of limit yourself, right? So I think, you know, keying a little further into that, what you want to do is um, you look at, you know, all the things that you're going to be working on. And I'm going to touch on this again. Find the few things that are actually important to you. They're actually working on that you actually, um, that will actually help you move the needle, right? And maybe after you've done all of those things, maybe it's five, six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever, you do whatever the heck you want to do, right? Yeah. As long as it aligns with your values and, you know, it makes you happy, go for it, right? right? Don't hold yourself back, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, you're human, right? You're tired sometimes, like you said, like this morning you it's said normal. you slept in, right? You, yeah. Sometimes you need to sleep. Sometimes yeah. you need to chill, right? You just got to remember that. Hands down, man. Mm. Okay, so how important do you feel that the way someone starts their morning predicts the rest of their day? <laughs> I went through this, man. I went through a phase where I'm like, dude, I got to wake up at this time every single day. Um, and a morning routine is so vital to the way the rest of the day works. Just tying right into your question, right? If you start your day with a bad mindset, a reactive mind or a distracted mind, it impacts the rest of your day, right? I feel like the first maybe hour of your day really dictates how you're going to feel for the rest of your rest of the day, right? It doesn't mean you don't have the control to, you know, stop in the middle of the day and, and change course, what it, it does mean is it makes things more difficult, right? If you start your day, you take some time for yourself instead of scrolling through Instagram and being in a reactive state, chasing notifications right away, guess how you're gonna be for the rest of the day? You're not gonna be in a reactive state or you're not gonna be as distracted as you would have been when you scroll on your phone. And a lot of you know people can probably relate to this. You wake up, you scroll on your phone, whatever, you're fine, 10, 15, 20 minutes, right? Sometimes you're in bed doing it, right? get out of bed, you're automatically already feeling kind of tired. You're like, man, like, 
just scrolling like tired me out like i feel kind of weird right and you might not catch this but by listening to something like this podcast somebody might be like oh yeah like that's true because i do kind of feel tired after i sit down and scroll Mm. right imagine the impact that has on you throughout the day and that's before you even stepped foot out of bed that's yeah. like the second you woke up, you're already at a disadvantage. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Certain people like to, you know, be in bed and, you know, they'll check their phone. Like, I know a guy who's probably making about 40 to 60K a month, right? He's a big dog. He's got a great business and he's putting the work in. He wakes up probably like 9, 10, right? That's, that's his time. He doesn't wake up at 5 a.m. He works at 9, 10, right? And with that, he wakes up and the first thing he does is he checks his phone and he checks his work email. First thing. First thing. And that's how he operates. So one thing that we often get carried away with this morning routine thing is that um, is the, sh- the shit you see on Instagram, the stuff that society has told us you need to be as an entrepreneur, as a successful person. You got to be waking up at 5 a.m. You got to be working out in the morning. You have to read. You have to journal. You have to go on a walk. You have to do whatever. You have to meditate. No, you don't. You don't <laughs> have to do those things. You, all you have to do is what actually works for you what actually makes you feel good, what actually helps you for the rest of the day, right? Uh, you shouldn't be chasing a lot of these little things that a lot of people tell you to do because, man, it might be working for them, but not everything works for everybody, right? Mm. You are your own unique person, and it's just vital to introspect and understand what, what's right for you. For that entrepreneur that I mentioned, checking his work email in the morning, that works for him. Individual, right? Yeah, and, and who's going to tell you, Who's, who on, on Instagram is going to tell you, oh, yeah, wake up in the morning and check your work email? Nobody. I guarantee you. Nobody. But it works for him, right? Yeah. And so you got to open up your mind to the possibilities. Mm. See, I like, I like that you said that. And don't you know, follow suit to what everybody else is saying. Uh, I just want to say, don't discredit all those other things you said. Because they are bene- I think they're great ways to start your morning journaling. That could be a great way to just kind of gain clarity about how your day is going to play out. What you want to be. How you want to act. I think that's great. Even working out, that's such a great way to start the day. And it doesn't maybe necessarily, you don't have to do that, but try it out. Yeah. Just see how you feel when you do it. If, you, if you're if you not a morning person and you're waking up at 5 and then mm-hmm. going to do a full-blown workout and you're tired by 10 a.m., try it for a week or two. If you're still like that, by all means, pivot. Maybe you're not that morning person that really can deal with that much energy right off the hop. But I love, I love the fact that you said you're going to be in a reactive state. When you start the morning because you're chasing notifications, you're, you're giving your time and attention away from the second that you wake up, you're devaluing your time almost. So my, my advice to somebody listening right now would be instead of checking your phone, instead of, you know, scrolling social media, instead of watching the news, do something that brings you peace. Yeah. Solitude, relaxation, right? Because you're going to, yeah, that energy is going to come through in the rest of your day. You can either start work in a fluster, rushing to work on traffic Get up half hour early instead. Relax. Maybe have a breakfast for change. Yeah. Imagine that. Have yeah. some breakfast. <laughs> and then carry that energy into the rest of the day with you because that can make the big difference between a scattered day, a day where you feel behind, or a day when you're productive. You got things done and you feel accomplished at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and literally to backtrack, like you said, you know, don't discredit some of those things. Journaling, sometimes it's very helpful, right? Meditating, sometimes it's very helpful. Wake up 20, 30 minutes earlier. Man, you deserve a breakfast. Give yourself a great breakfast. Give yourself time for yourself in the morning instead of chasing things right off the bat. Right? Wake up. Take five minutes. Be grateful for you know everything that you have. Waking up. If you have a roof over your head, you know there's going to be food on the table. You know you have clothes on your back. You know you have people around you that care about you. 
you have more than so many people, right? Being grateful right in the morning, imagine how that can impact the rest of your day. Imagine, yeah. Just you, imagine. You're already in that abundance mindset right from the get-go, right? Exactly. Mm, that's amazing. So if for me personally, I, I'm a morning cat. I get up <laughs> ungodly early and I love it. And I wanted to bring a quote to this podcast today for somebody who maybe was thinking about shifting into more of a morning kind of perspective. And again, taking that extra half hour for yourself. That yeah. could be a great deal breaker. I'm reading The 5am Club right now by Robin Sharma. And the whole point of the book, right, is getting up at 5 a.m., how it could revolutionize your life. And there was one quote that really struck me and I wanted to share it today. It said, rise and shine so you escape the misery of mediocrity. That's just, oh, it's so beautiful because so many of us get a late start to our day. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves that time to learn, to journal, to introspect. So my advice to you, try getting up a little early this week, half hour, even an hour if you're able to do it. And just see how your day plays out. Experiment with it. Absolutely. Mm. That's 100% the way to go. If you don't try it, you'll never know what it can bring you. Never right? know. And it can change your life. Like it, it's that impactful. Because honestly, dude, we're so busy. The moment we start our day, you know, we're on our laptops, we're on our phones, we got to get this done, I got to get that done. Somebody's calling me. Uh, if you're at work, you know, you're getting Teams messages left and right. You know, you got a call, you got meetings to hop on. Dude, you're busy, right? And out of that time, maybe after that, maybe five, six o'clock, you're freeing up. You spend a little bit of time with your family or whatnot. You're watching some TV. You're having some dinner with them or whatever. Man, where is the time for yourself? Where does it go? Where does it go? You have no time for yourself. And if you have no time for yourself, how can you have better time with the people that you care the most about? You mm. can't. Because you can't actually put the work in to be a better person or to introspect or to love yourself, to care about yourself, right? You might be able to care about yourself in terms of eating and whatnot, but like to spend that personal time with you, um, you know, with your faith, with meditating, with whatever it might be is vital. Mm. And these days, nobody does it. No. Right? We're always giving our attention and energy out, right? Yeah. Fill your own cup before you fill someone else's. That's exactly. kind of what it's about. Exactly. Mm, that's powerful, man. <laughs> okay, Mahib, what are three of the best ways that you use when you're struggling to calm your mind, whether it be, you know, from anxiety, overwhelm, fatigue, overstimulation how do you overcome all of this to get insanely focused dude that's a really really good question because like you know we touched on earlier our attention spans are, are shorter right it's hard to focus we have so many distractions around us and to really really get into that i think number one it starts with the way i started my morning we just touched on this right we're like you know i want to be in control of my day i don't want to start in a reactive distractive state right i want to take control i want to spend some time with myself when i do that Throughout the day, whenever I have things to work on, I feel a lot more focused and in control, right? Because I started in a state where I was in control, right? I took, you know, the control of what I needed to, to form my morning the way I wanted to form it, the things that, you know, I wanted to do. And so as I wanted to focus, I guess in the back of my head or whatever it is, you know, I'm able to focus a lot better, right? So that really helps. And in terms of just being anxious or, you know, not like, I guess like, overwhelmed right um i like to take a walk man simple as that like uh, sometimes you get caught up in like oh i need to be breathing like this or i need to be doing xyz or whatever um man i just put my shoes on and go out on a walk simple right like i work from home sometimes it gets tired like tiring just you know working inside all day and all you want to do is you know to refocus or to kind of reset put your shoes on go outside look at some trees walk through some nature go through a park or something and it helps you reset. It changes your environment, changes the things you're seeing. You're breathing fresh air, right? You're you're moving. You know your heart rate's going slightly up. 
right? All of these things factor in and I come back, I feel so refreshed. The stress somehow, for some reason, some way, it's not there anymore, right? Obviously, in the back of my mind or whatever, like I feel it, but it's not presently affecting what I'm doing because I went and I reset and I cleared my mind, right? Another thing that I do is sometimes I'll call a friend. You know this, bro. I'll oh, just yeah. call you. I'll be like, Ayo, Matt, what up? And sometimes I'll talk about, you know, what I'm going through. And sometimes I'll just talk about something else, you know, whatever we want to talk about. And what that does is it does two things. Number one, if something's on my chest and I need to get it off, right, and you have the capacity to take it, um, I can get that off my chest in a healthy way. Um, and that's a way for it to get out of my system, right? Um, and then if I just talk about something else, in a way, some people might say it's just distracting me from the stress, but really what it's doing is it's not only distracting me from the stress, it's actually putting me in a mindset where you know things are, are better, things are in a better place, and I feel more in control because I'm not being like, you know, chased down or drowning, right? I'm feeling more free, feeling more in control, and now I'm gonna go back and tackle that thing um, with a clear mind. Right. And with a new energy. The new energy. More exactly. positive, lighter energy. Yeah, your energy, you know? There it is. There <laughs> it is. No, but yeah, I, I love that you said that. Check in with your friend or just do something totally take your mind off it. Yeah, yeah. It, and, you know, for some people, you might want to go shoot some hoops for a little bit, right? Maybe it's not exercise. Maybe you're going to draw, right? Maybe you're going to journal. Maybe you're going to, like, I don't know, cook. Some people find cleaning therapeutic. Right, like I, I, it's weird. I will vacuum. I will clean things. Wow. Right, and it helps me kind of reset. So again, find yourself, introspect. Right there. See what works for you, and, and go from there. Yeah, I love. I love the fact that you said disconnect. So when when people are feeling overwhelmed, overstimulated, stressed, I think it's great to take that step back and disconnect. But you have to look at what you're feeling that disconnect with. Like you said, you know, you can either be shooting hoops, you could be exercising, which are great. Those things are productive. They're bringing you more joy and enlightenment. But so many people, when they seek disconnect or distraction, alcohol, food, mm. social media, movies, they're numbing themselves yep. from the feelings. And that's an unhealthy way to disconnect because you're not facing what is truly bothering you. And then again, you're just going to meet that same situation later down the road with that same energy, yep. overwhelmed, stressed, anxious. So if you are going to disconnect, I think it would be great to find something that brings you that heightened mood. Yeah. So for me, vinyl. You got a vinyl room uh, right back yeah. there, man. So if I'm feeling anxious, stressed, like you said, you take the walk. I'll go in the vinyl room. I'll put all the lights off, pop it on, and lie on my back until I'm okay. There you go. So yeah, you have to find something that is not numbing, but productive and meaningful for you. Exactly. Something that can help you, um, you know, get to where you want to be. Whatever that is. Whatever that may be. Again, you're individual, right? Figure exactly. It out. Find what's healthy for you. Mm. Okay, so last question before we wrap up this section of the podcast. Yeah. Do you believe quantity of work is better than quality of work? And whatever your answer is, dive in deep on it. Okay, this is a, this is a crazy question. And honestly, I have two answers, but I'll start with the first one. Great. Right? Um, quantity is better than quality. Quantity. Yeah, but the reason why I say this is because, um, you know, here's an example. And this is from a book that I read. I don't know. I don't remember which book or whatnot, right? But it's a photography class. Okay, um, let's just say there's 100 students in it. And the professor was like, okay, guys, there's only one assessment. All you got to do is you're only submitting one picture at the end of the semester. And that picture will determine your grade for the entire semester. And that's it. One assessment, one chance, one shot. That's it. Right. So he split the class up into two groups, I guess. 
one group was told, hey, take as many pictures as you want, as many as you can. Take hundreds of pictures, thousands of pictures, just keep taking pictures. And then from that, pick something that, that you think is the best. Another group was told, you know, um, take one really, really good picture. Just try to take one that's really good. Um, and at the end of it, guess what? The group that just took hundreds of pictures performed a lot better than the group that just took one picture. You know, and, and the reason why is because they put the work in. They were taking pictures. They were taking pictures after pictures and understanding, okay, you know what? That doesn't look that great. Maybe my frame should be like this instead of this. Maybe I should be getting, you know, these types of colors instead of these colors. Maybe I should, you know, whatever. But they're now they're asking these questions, right? You've taken a picture. You look at it. You have thoughts about it. But you take one picture and you just you tell yourself, okay, this is going to be the most perfect picture. You try to set it up. You didn't put the practice in. You didn't put the work in. You don't have the reps. Mm. But you've taken hundreds of pictures. You put the reps in, right? And this goes for a lot of creative things. When I'm writing copy, if I'm writing headlines for advertisements or whatever, right, I actually try to write it 10 to 15 times. The first time, okay, good. Second time, all right. And by the 10th time, it's getting pretty hard to, like, rewrite this because, like, dude, like, I got the point across, you know? Yeah. But that's when you really, really start to think, and that's when the creativity really comes out because now you have a list of all these things where, like, okay, how can it be better? How can it be like this, like that? You're putting the work in, mm. Right? And that's why I say sometimes the quantity leads you to the quality, right? You need to you need you need the quality uh, the quantity, right? Like you need to reps. You need, master you need the, the reps. skill, right yeah. There, yeah. Put a hundred reps into it, and you'll master it, and you'll be better at it. But then again, this doesn't apply to everything. Maybe you're a student writing an essay, and you only got fifteen hundred words. I mean, I'm not telling you to write a fifteen hundred essay, a fifteen hundred word essay, you know, a hundred times, because I mean. It's too much. It's too much. It's, yeah. not, it's not ideal, right? And maybe over there, that's where your quality really, really comes in. That's where maybe you should brainstorm before you go into it, right? Maybe you brainstorm and you think of, okay, what will make this amazing? You know, what, what, what actually values the quality here? You know, what factors actually bring the quality up? You know, and with those factors, what do I need to do to make that quality amazing? And so that's why I say I had two answers to this. You need to identify what you're doing and you need to identify um, you know, how you would go about it to actually get the best out of it. Because at the end of the day, quality or quantity, you can't get caught up in it. All you want is the best result for yourself or whatnot, right? And to get the best result, if you have to you know, do 100 reps, you'll do 100 reps, right? But if it's something that's very different, the dynamic of it, Maybe you don't, you're not going to do 100 reps because you can't really do it. It's not really ideal. It's not going to work, right? And maybe in that sense, you're going to brainstorm or you do whatever you need to do um, to understand how to make it the best possible and you do it that way, right? Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I go about it. And I always think about it before I do something because like when I'm writing copy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to write it 10 times, 15 times, 20 times. Yeah. I'm doing something else. I'm going to brainstorm before I go about it. So that way you walk into it prepared exactly and even when you walk into a prepared you're always not 100 percent prepared but yo you got to give it your best shot right and if you don't shoot how's it gonna go in right there right and even even the, the fact that you said prepared that goes right back to what we said about how you start your morning yeah how are you gonna prepare for your day that's how your day's gonna play out how are you gonna prepare for the task at hand that's how the task is gonna play out yep exactly that mm, love it Keep it real with me. Does this sound like you? I get in my head and I know it's my biggest barrier to my goals. I've tried 
everything the top blogs and social accounts say, but my scale won't budge. I know I can lose my weight. I just need to know how. And maybe you want to start feeling like you know, something like this. My life is almost unrecognizable. I'm confident, driven, and I easily take on challenges I never thought that I would. I look in the mirror every day and I'm in love with my body. And I'm becoming the person I know I'm capable of and I'm just warming up. I feel limitless. Now, what if I told you that you could make this your reality? Because you're about to discover the power that you hold to attain the body and life that you've always wanted inside the Revive Effect. Now, the Revive Effect, that's our self-paced program that teaches you how to master your mind, accelerate your weight loss, and tap into your limitless potential. In the Revive Effect, you unlock the next generation of weight loss and discover the hidden, more influential factors that you need to create the body and life that you've always wanted, all on your own. Now, don't be like other fat loss stragglers who are stuck in a sea of content noise and self-sabotaging excuses struggling to become the person that they were meant to be. Creating a body and life that you're in love with shouldn't be hard, difficult, stressful, draining, or boring for that matter. But the reality is, you and I both know that's how it is for most fat loss stragglers right now. And I'll keep it real with you. There's endless information on quick fixes, fat burning hacks, and cheap shred programs everywhere online. But nobody's telling you how to create an entire lifestyle change that upgrades every aspect of your life, from your weight, to your sleep, to your stress, to your habits, to your happiness. And the Revive Effect, it does exactly that. Finally, stop bouncing around from program to quick fix plan to program that just hasn't been working for you. Stop struggling to get the results and confidence you want with your endless trial and error. Because not only will the Revive Effect unlock a brand new world showing you how you can accelerate your fat loss, but it will change the entire way that you live forever. And you have the power to create the body and life you've always wanted, provided you are armed with the right tools and the right guidance to do it. Now, the Revive Effect, that's created by yours truly, Matt Celestial. And let me tell you, it is based on countless strategies and leading research in the fields of habit and behavioral psychology, motivational psychology, neuroscience, nutrition and weight loss, sleep, stress, and oh my goodness, so much more. And it's designed so that you master your mind and self-sabotaging behaviors. You eat to beat your fat all on your own. And you call back that confidence in your body. And better yet, you tap into the limitless potential that you know you have. In one year, let me ask you this. In one year, if you were the same person you are right now, would you be living the life you've always wanted to create? How much longer are you willing to continue wasting your time to start living the life you've always wanted? How much longer are you willing to stay comfortable like those around you and throw your goals away? Now, the Revive Effect might be the spark that you've been waiting for. Stop waiting and start doing. Click that link in the show notes that answers all the questions you may have about the Revive Effect. It'll take you to a page and it tells you everything that you get when you join us Revive Insiders so you can see the course outline and even discover if you are the type of person that is the most likely to find success in the program. I'll see you in the Revive Effect. All right, okay, let's dive into how nutrition and sleep can drastically impair your ability to focus and how to fix that. Now, I had to put this topic into the podcast because 
I'm a very holistic approach kind of guy to health yeah. and nutrition and sleep are some of the most forgotten aspects of health. And you're going to, we're going to dive in deep today just to see how much impact it has not only on your body and your physical health, but your brain, your brain, this is crazy stuff about to come up. So we're always thinking about time management, you know, productivity yeah. apps, turn off notifications so we can focus. But how many times have you done these tactics and all these tricks and it leaves you with no progress? Mm -hmm. You say, oh, let me swipe it away. I'll try again later on. Why, why are we so bombarded with this information? Why do we buy into it if it doesn't work? And why is it still so hard after all these free resources? Why is it so hard to focus? Now, what if I told you that sleep and nutrition are the underlying root problems for this very thing? How the food you eat can contribute to your brain fog and your brain fog in turn can, even your sleep deprivation can actually make you crave certain foods and yeah. diminish your willpower at the same time to actually say, no, I'm not going to have those foods. Yeah. And yeah, it turns off the logical parts of the brain. And think about how this neuroinflammation, because there's lots of studies showing how inflammation in the gut and cool. inflammation in the brain is linked to depression, yeah. anxiety. This is food. This is food. And we have the choice and the power in order to kind of change that and make our lives a little better about about going about that. So I wanted to bring to light a uh, study published in the Journal of Current Biology, okay? So they took two groups and they slept deprived one group and the other group they said, you know, have a nice sleep, you relax, mm -hmm. enjoy, yeah. yeah. So mind you, this is one night, one night of sleep deprivation, not like our society where we're sleep deprived for years. Okay, so what they found in the study, the group that was sleep deprived, they essentially shut off the logical part of the brain. The critical thinking, the analytical, logical brain, gone off the chart. And not only this, as a double whammy, the emotionally reactive part, the, the heightened awareness, stressful anxiety part of the brain was lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> so what, is, what do you think this is doing for your, your cravings, your, your ability to say yes or no to the things that are going to push you further along your path or the things that kind of hinder you and you, know, you seek out those rewards, you seek those pleasurable things that kind of hold you back. Now, let me go a layer deeper. Sleep helps with this significantly, right? Because your brain, every night you sleep, there's a system that goes about it to clean it. Yeah. It's called the glymphatic system if you're super curious about it. And every day, right, your brain is like a factory. It's forming synaptic connections. It's, it's forming all these memories, beliefs, and all these things. And it's like, a, it's like a factory that has metabolic byproduct. Yeah. Right? So you, you have a product. You're going to have a little bit of waste. You got to get rid of it. Your brain also has that throughout the day. So when you sleep or when you don't sleep, the system doesn't get its chance to go clean your brain and give you a nice clean slate for the next day. And that's why a, like a fat loss straggler, what we call them, is somebody who doesn't understand how their biology is affecting their ability to stay consistent with their yeah. goals, with their weight loss, with whatever they want in life. And our Revive Fat Loss Insiders, that's why we teach in the Revive Effect. You need to understand that sleep and nutrition go so much deeper than counting calories and you know getting a full night's sleep. These yeah. things are affecting your literal behaviors, your habits, your beliefs, your brain. So... I really wanted to dive into this today because the way, the way that we sleep and the way that we eat can either put us on one path or down the next for the better or for the worse. So Mahib, what tactics and strategies do you use every day that someone listening right now could try tonight to make sure they solidify a good night's sleep? Man, this is such an important question because oftentimes we don't realize, right? You wake up the next day and you're all just groggy or you're tired or whatnot and, um, you don't understand it or you don't realize and, and for me like I've been very aware of the things that I'm consuming and how they're impacting my body how it makes my brain feel how it makes me feel right am I bloated after that am I not like a, how am I feeling right um, so 
I mean, a couple things right off the bat is, you know, I don't eat and then sleep. Like right after? Yeah, I always eat at least like three to four hours before I'm sleeping. Minimum, minimum, right? Why is that? And if it's a heavy meal, I'll get into that. Okay, okay. If it's a heavy meal, like I'm giving it more time. And the reason why is because then what's happening is, you know, uh, number one, you're laying down and your body's still going to digest when you're sleeping. But this way, the acid is coming up, right? You might have acid reflux or heartburn or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, but then also, when you do wake up in the next morning, right, you feel like my body doesn't feel good. I feel like heavy and weird, right? I don't want to feel like that. And with that, I notice that it does affect my sleep. It doesn't make me sleep that well because I, I don't know, maybe my body is more alert because there's too much to digest. Digestion takes energy, right? It takes a lot of energy uh, for your body to digest foods and Maybe when you're sleeping and you're supposed to actually be resting, your body's putting so much work into digesting and trying to like, you know, get through this stuff. You're not giving your body rest, Mm. right? That's one of the things, right? Another thing that um, really affected me was just like getting uh, into bed, but keeping my bed in like a sacred spot. You know, I don't work in my bed. I don't, you know, do other stuff in my bed aside from sleeping. And a lot of people, they'd be eating in their bed, they'd be watching movies in their bed and whatnot. But your bed should be a sacred place where, you know, you sleep, right? And and this is a part of your environment, the way you program your subconscious as well. If you're always watching movies in bed, what is your mind going to tell you when you hop into bed, right? If you're always, I don't know, scrolling on your phone in bed, what is your mind going to tell you when you're scrolling on, you know, like when you're in bed doing that? Like, you're going to be alert. But if you go to bed for the only purpose, for the sole purpose to sleep, you're programming your mind like okay i hopped into bed i'm comfortable it's time to sleep time to shut things off right those are two things that i use that are just so important bro and they help that's really great help. that's fantastic yeah because your your brain like you said the environment the trigger we talked about that right at the beginning of that podcast yeah that that bed is a trigger for either productivity or sleep or yeah. distraction or sleep yep right and how you navigate that day to day is going to build that belief build that habit incrementally yeah. But what I really want to look at right there, what you said was that eating before bed. Yeah. That, oh my goodness. You know the average person eats 15 hours a day? There's 24 hours in a day <laughs> and we sleep, let's say you sleep seven. So how much time does that leave you for not digesting? Really? Yeah. So giving yourself, like you said, that extra three to four hours to go before bed, it makes you sleep better. Your body takes about three to four hours to digest the meal you just ate. Yeah. Right. And like you said, you kind of wake up feeling heavy mm-hmm. and groggy. Like I'm ready to pounce all over that. My <laughs> nutritionist mindset coming in. But when you, first of all, when you sit down after a meal, your metabolism, meaning the rate at which you digest food and burn calories and burn fat off your body, yeah. it slows 30%. There you go. Just by sitting down, you've already hindered it by 30%. So now you sleep on a full stomach. Mm. What do you think that's doing to you? And that's why you wake up feeling lethargic and tired and groggy even though you slept seven hours the quality of sleep is much more important than the quantity of sleep because if your body's focused on digestion and that's the whole sole focus it's got a full pot roast dinner yeah all night it can't <laughs> focus on again clearing that that metabolic waste in your brain clearing out the toxins in your body reducing the inflammation healing damaged muscle it can't do that if nope. it's got to focus on digesting yeah things think about it you're digesting you don't want that that build up. No, that, that's going to be messy. You it's got to Yeah, you got to get that out, man. So I think that's a great tactic for somebody who's about to go to bed or they have dinner late. Yeah. Don't pig out right before bed. It's going to just be such a hard hard thing to do before you go to bed. Yep, exactly. Mm. Give it at least three to four hours, man. Um, and those late night desserts, 
Pass on him. Pass on him. Pass on him. Trust. Maybe on the weekends here and there. Treat yourself. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 do that too mm. long, too often. Okay, so we we talked about at the last section how important the the beginning of your day is that first hour of your day to kind of set the precedent for the day. But let, now let's flip it and let's talk about how important that last hour is before we go to bed. How how does your last hour play out in your day? Yeah, honestly, before I answer that, I'll tell you one thing. Like. We've probably all experienced this, but like if you go to bed with a bad mindset, in a stressful state or worried or something, we wake up the next day feeling like um, because we carried those things into our sleep, right? You don't want to do that, right? The, that's why the last hour is so important, right? Where like you want to clear your mind, right? You want to be in a calm state. For me, like it's a big thing with faith. It's a big thing with the things that I value, with the things that I care about. Uh, Gratitude is a huge thing, right? So at night, I'm, you know, I'm clearing my mind and ridding of the things that are stressing me and instead focusing on the things that I'm grateful for, right? You know, I'm grateful for, you know, X, Y, Z that happened today, right? Um, and it changes the way you're thinking. It changes the trajectory of your mind that night when you're sleeping, right? Because if you feel good, if your mind is in a good place when you go to bed, you're actually going to get better rest and you'll wake up feeling a lot better. If your mind isn't, isn't there... If you go to sleep stressed or anxious, you're going to wake up feeling like crap. Mm. That's just the fact. Yeah, that last hour is super important to be yeah. you know, intentional with how you spend that hour. Exactly. Like So many of us just go straight from Netflix to sleep. There you go. And you know what if you're watching a horror movie or some really <laughs> negative energy movie? Like That's, that's what you're going to bring into your sleep and then the next day. Yeah, mm. and you carry it forward, right? So the biggest thing is intentionality, right? Like, like Have the right intentions when you're going to bed. And with anything you do throughout the day. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, just have an intention for when you do stuff. Mm. When we start doing things mindlessly, that's when you know you don't have an intention for that, right? And that's how you catch it. So be intentional. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay, now let's let's move on to um, a journal. Okay, I want to bring to light another study published in the Journal of Frontiers in Psychology, okay? So we're used to stress from this physio uh, physiological, right? Getting hurt exercise that triggers an inflammatory response to go heal the damaged tissue, to go repair what needs to be repaired. Because ultimately that's what inflammation is. It's yeah. a healing process, right? So many of us paint picture, uh, inflammation as the bad guy, but in small doses, inflammation is vital for our survival. Yep. So the study I want to bring to light, it showed that, you know, the physio uh, psychological feeling that we can have can trigger inflammation and that's stress. So the literal feeling of stress can trigger inflammation. And there's a whole uh, area of research called psychoneuroimmunology that shows how your thoughts and behavior or your thoughts can really affect the biology of your body. Yeah. So just, just to give you an idea of how this is really playing out when you're stressed or you're eating food that gives you inflammation, yeah. that's that burning feeling, that puffy, that bloating feeling. When you're in a traffic jam, your boss is giving you a hard time, your girlfriend's fighting with you, and you're stressed, and you're constantly stressed, that's going to have an inflammatory response, and you're going to have chronic inflammation. And that is the biggest mm. anti-weight loss thing you can ever have that's possible. Anyways, what you need to know about your immune system, which is the thing that uses the inflammation or that kind of goes about healing all these damaged tissues, 70% of that, in, um, the immune system is located in your gut. Right? And that makes sense, right? Food is the first point of contact with the outside world. So in essence, the gut should be the thing that sounds the alarm to say, okay, we got something wrong here and we need to kill this toxin. It's an invader. Yeah. So 
when you're eating chronic or constant inflammatory foods over time and unintentionally, unknowingly doing that, you're in a state of chronic inflammation. And what that does is it takes it almost degrades the gut that you have, the gut microbiome, and we get to hold another topic for another day. But the inflammation actually makes these little holes yeah. in your gut lining, and these toxins and inflammatory molecules can escape. And as far as they're concerned, your body's free real estate. <laughs> free real estate for inflammation wherever they want to go. Yeah. And that's where you get those achy joints, you know, that, that bloaty, puffy feeling in your, your belly. But the one I really want to touch on is where it goes into your brain, which is the neuroinflammation. Mm. And like we said, inflammation has horrible, horrible outcomes, especially in the terms of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, etc., because of that chronic inflammatory state. So... What I want to focus on right now is that feeling of feeling spacey brain fog in yeah. terms of inflammation in the brain. And that's why I want to ask you in terms of navigating stress, because this is one of the biggest things that can cause this. How can you tell someone who can't seem to lower their stress, no matter what they do, no matter how many breathing exercises they try, how can someone lower their stress? Get it down. That's a really good question. And a lot of people struggle with this actually. Um, Sometimes breathing exercises just aren't the answer. Think about what you're putting into your body, right? Think about the environment around you, right? Um, are there triggers around you that are causing that stress, right? When you're putting things into your body, um, you know, sometimes you might even be allergic to something. You might not even know, right? And it's causing issues with your gut, alarms all over the place. There's a fire, right? Yeah. Inside your body and, and you feel brain fog. You feel stressed, right? Um, so you got to look into all of these things, but the number one thing that I could say is that, um, open yourself up to the possibilities of the things that you can do right in this world. We have so much control over so many things. We choose what we eat. We can choose, you know, when we sleep, when we want to wake up, we have the choice to do a lot of things, right? And so if you choose to eat healthier, maybe that's something, maybe your diet is trash. Maybe you're eating fast food. And you always feel kind of anxious or always like kind of stressed. You're kind of tired, right? Maybe that's the issue. Maybe magnesium's the issue. I don't know. I'm not a doctor or a scientist <laughs> or whatever, right? But if you don't open yourself up to those possibilities, you won't know that, right? And it starts with introspecting. It starts with understanding, okay, this is what I'm eating, right? This is how I feel after I eat this specific food or this specific ingredient, right? Maybe I should eliminate that from my diet because maybe that's not good for me, right? Or maybe whenever I come to some place, this is when I start to feel stressed and I come to this place every single day or in the morning or whatever and it carries on with me through the rest of the day. Maybe it's time to move away from that place, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's time to step away and, and create a different environment or something like that. Or boundaries. Boundaries. Boundaries are so, so important. Maybe it's people in your life. Maybe it's people you live with, right? And maybe they're stressing you out or draining you and you might not even be realizing this, right? And you know, I think, I think it was Jay Shetty that said this, but um, it, it's really just about understanding, you know, the people around you and how they're impacting you. And sometimes you shouldn't be giving them all your time. We see this online a lot where like, oh, cut people off that are bad for you or like, you know, they're toxic or this not just, yeah, forget about them and move on. But what if you can't? Like, what if you live with them? What if it's your family? What if there's certain dynamics that make it very difficult and challenging to do that, mm. right? Sometimes you're not in a situation to do that, right? And so maybe in that situation, what you can do is spend less time with certain people, right? You might have a friend that kind of stresses you out. And then from there on, it carries on with your day. 
Usually with the people that are stressed throughout the day, there's a couple different things going on, right? And this could be one of them, right? The person that they're talking to or whatever could be stressing them out. They carry it on further, right? Maybe you need to limit your time with that person. Doesn't mean you need to be rude. Doesn't mean you need to destroy your relationship with that person. All it means is you just keep a little bit more space. Maybe you don't see them all the time on the weekdays. Maybe you'll see them here and there on the weekends, right? Maybe you, you take control of that and you got to respect yourself with that. Yes. And I, I love the I love the way you open with that when you said we have the power to we have the power to control our surroundings, what we eat, what we put in our bodies. Yeah. And a lot of us feel disempowered, right? We always ask those disempowering questions. Oh, I can't be because of this. Oh, X, Y, Z. But you have to understand that you're the you're the captain of your ship. You can yeah. go where you want to go, do what you want to do. But you're letting other people dictate to you what you should be eating, how you should be acting, what you need to be doing. And what I, you just absolutely beautifully illustrated that. So I'm not going to dive too much more deep or in depth on that, but I will touch on the fact that if somebody's bothering you within your life or they're constantly giving you negativity and overwhelming you and making you feel stressed. One thing that I like to keep in the back of my mind is that when people are inflicting this negativity and guilt and these, these horrible things in your life, they're coming from a place of scarcity, of fear, of insecurity. So you have to understand that they're using you through their lens of their world yeah. of themselves to kind of bring you down or overwhelm you so that they don't have to feel that way. Or it kind of takes the spotlight off them. Exactly. Right there. Right. So always try and remember to come from a higher heightened perspective because that's, that's a real level of maturity too. If you're able to do that and not be triggered and overwhelmed by these people who are putting that onto you, that's you, you really, um, I want I want to say one life, but it makes it a lot easier to deal with those people who are giving you that stress, that anxiety, that anxiousness. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so important. And if you reach that stage, like you're in a point of control where you're respecting yourself, right? Because you got to respect yourself. At the end of the day, the people you surround yourself you surround yourself with, in a way, that's respect to yourself, right? If you're letting somebody who's giving you bad energy continually in your life, you're disrespecting yourself. You do need to step up right for yourself and it doesn't mean that person is just a bad person right like they might not know what they're doing maybe they're not aware of it be compassionate with it but step away because you got to respect yourself hmm. and that's it again setting up those boundaries making the decisions and again use your own judgment yeah like you know the person better than we do so we can't tell you you know cut them out or you know set up boundaries yep. navigate it in the way that you think they'll be most receptive to create the boundaries maybe even again like you said a little bit of space and that could really really help the dynamics of the relationships and your stress and all the other good stuff. Yes. Okay. So I want to move on. So just like, you know, the feelings of stress trigger inflammation and we talked about how foods do, there's so much food nowadays that trigger this inflammatory response, that inflammation. And it's so hard to escape this chronic state of inflammation. If you don't understand what kind of foods are doing this to your body. So I, the other day I went to Jack Astor's with one of my buddies, yeah. went to a restaurant. And for me, I hate going out to a lot of restaurants because I know it's full of bad foods, oils, all these bad carbs. Carbs aren't bad, but these bad carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I had this, uh, this, this veggie stir fry. Well, let me get the healthiest thing on the menu I can. The healthiest, oh, unhealthiest good. thing. It was fantastic. But I know the sauce that they put on it was filled with this canola oil. Oh, no. And for seed those, oils. Yes, yes. So <laughs> the, the seed oils, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't understand that canola oil at this point is the most inflammatory oil you can have, it's time you really think your pantry and your cabinet because a lot of foods do have this. Anyways, where I'm going with this story was when I came home, my belly was so bloated, Mahib. Mm. <laughs> I went to go untie my shoes and it hurt. Like I felt like I was going to tear my gut. 
No way. D- yeah, because I cold turkey, I don't eat any of that oil. So this time I had a full, yeah. full amount of like big amount of canola oil. The inflammatory response was insane. I yeah. slept like garbage. I felt like garbage the next day. And that's a single meal. One meal. Keep that in mind. A lot of people are doing this day after day and they do it so often that it's normalized to them. Yeah. They don't know that this feeling that they're feeling is not healthy. It's just normal for them. Anyway, yeah. this is where I'm going with this. There was a journal published in the Frontiers of Psychology. Again, it was that same study. It showed that alcohol, antibiotics, oils are all leading causes of gut inflammation contributing to the stress, the brain fog, neuroinflammation, and that kind of atrophy, that kind of deconstruction of the gut. Mm -hmm. And there was another study published in the National Institute of Health that showed these inflammatory molecules that escape, right, that escape the gut and they go into your brain. They actually inhibit or kind of manipulate the production of serotonin and dopamine. Yeah. Those are your feel-good hormones. So now we're talking about mood. We're talking about the literal, the way you you way uh, you present yourself in the world. And now here's where I want to get you in on this because there was a journal in Cell that showed fasting. Yeah. I mean, going without food, it actually promotes the growth of good bacteria within the, in the gut that lower inflammation. And then when you're fasting and you're not digesting, your body's able to work on other avenues of healing, get rid of the brain fog, get rid of the, or heal the cuts. Yeah. Get rid of gut inflammation, rid the toxins and all the metabolic waste that's in your body. Fasting tech just essentially just says, we're here to clean and you either get out of the way or you're getting killed, right? Yep. So when, when we fast, I'm an avid faster and I advocate for fasting. So when you do fast, you're taking out the base of the fire in terms of inflammation, in terms of the, the horrible feelings you feel in your body. And I'm so grateful that you're here at this specific time, of <laughs> course, because I know, Mahid, you fast for religious reasons and you do it for a long time consistently. And I know you're doing it right now. So can you tell us a bit about what this is and why you do it? Yeah. I mean, number one, like I don't eat or drink water from dawn to sunset, right? Um, it's a religious thing for me, right? It comes down to my faith. It comes down to, you know, what I truly believe in deep inside. And really what it is, is, I mean, scientifically, you know, we all know like fasting is healthy for you generally, right? Like that's what we've heard. Um, but really, you know, what fasting does is it, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to the possibilities of what you can really do, right? I'm doing this religiously. I intermittent fast outside of this month, right? Um, but really what it is, is food and water are necessities of life. We become so like, um, you know, habitual to eating, right? You know, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, maybe, right? Snacking in between. Your gut doesn't get a break. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, right? Um, when does your body really get a break, right? And when you, you know, move yourself from this, you're not eating, you're not drinking. Number one, your body's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But number two, what you're telling your brain is that, dude, you can do anything. You can go without food and water for this long, and you're doing fine. You're chilling, right? You feel great because when you're fasting, you're not putting those bad things into your body, right? You're feeling fresher, right? Your mind is more clear, right? Yeah, you might be thirsty if you're not drinking, but I can focus better, right? I can do all of these things. Why? Because I didn't put the wrong things into my body, right? Um, and touching back, like, you know, what I mentioned, you're opening yourself up to the possibility. If I can go without food and water, right? For this many hours, for 30 days, right? You're telling me I can't do a little bit of work here and there. You're telling me I can't, you know, do X, Y, Z. You're telling me I can't achieve my goals. Dude, I can go without food and water, 
right? You feel unstoppable, right? And fasting doesn't have to be only from food, right? For this month, what I'm fasting from is not just eating and drinking, right? I'm fasting from personally, right? I'm trying to fast from social media, trying to get myself away from there. I'm trying not to compare myself as much, right? Um, you know, some people, they might fast from the way they're talking. They might not be happy with the words they're using. Maybe they're swearing really often. You can fast from that, right? And it doesn't have to be religious. It has to tie down to your purpose, to your why, right? To what's meaningful to you. Um, the things that I've done are meaningful to me, right? First and foremost, this is religious for me, right? But second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, right? It's helping me feel better. It's helping me be a better person. It's programming my mind to tell me that I am unstoppable, right? I can do what I want to do. I don't even need food and water. Obviously, you need it as a human. But if I can go this long without it, and telling me I can't go without social media for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, telling me I can't get away from my distractions for an hour or two, I definitely can do that, mm -hmm. right? And you're proving to yourself what you're capable of, right? And a lot of people should try this. You know, I'll dig into a little bit of a story. I think 2020, um, man, I felt so bloated. It was like a month. I'm like, holy shit, what the hell's going on with me, right? Like, I can't do this. Whatever I eat, like, it's messing me up. My brain feels foggy. I, you know, when you're bloated, I can't even bend down. Like, I, my stomach is hurting, right? I'm like, what's going on, right? What's going on? And I think I ate a couple bad meals, some bad food, some bad chicken or whatever. Um, I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint it to anything. My gut was not in a good place, right? I learned about the microbiota and it changed everything. Changed my perspective on the way I'm seeing it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, at first I'm like, yo, do I have a gluten allergy? Do I have this? And, you know, it was a test, um, testing, right? I'm trial and error, like figuring this out. Should I cut gluten out? What happens to it, right? Should I, if I cut this out, what happens to it? No, nothing was working. I remember you, yeah, you did low carb for a bit back when you were in school. Right? Yeah, I do remember that. I cut carbs out at yeah. one point. I'm like, dude, nothing is working. And then I came to this microbiota thing. And I'm like, dude, my gut is not healthy. That's why whatever is coming in is, you know, getting messed up. And that's why, you know, like the toxins like you touched on are going everywhere. There's things that are happening. And I don't understand the science completely behind this. I'm not an expert. But what I can say is all I did was I started to intermittent fast, right? And throw in probiotics and making sure that I'm getting the right amount of prebiotics in, in my daily routine. And that's it. Simple. All I did, right? One week. That was it. One week was all. Dude, I felt, the, I felt the results in two days, two or three days. But one week, I was probably 100% back to normal. Mm. Zero bloating, right? Zero tiredness, zero sluggishness, zero brain fog. <laughs> yeah. None of that stuff, right? And that's the power of fasting, right? Like, I let my body heal. And I say into this thing also with snacking. We often snack between meals and stuff, right? Mm. But really, man, like, you got to let the food go through your gut and the gut to actually reach a point where it can heal. Because if there's food always in it, it's always working to digest it. But the moment it's empty, it finally gets a chance to breathe, to fix, to heal, and, and, and to build, right? To build on the damages. If you're always eating, when is it ever going to heal? Exactly. It's right. never going to heal, right? And so that's why it's so important to fast. Whether you do it religiously, whether you do it, you know, for your own self, for your health or whatnot, it's something that everybody should look into. And a lot of people are very intimidated about fasting, right? You're like, oh my God, that's crazy hours of this and that. Well, those are self-limiting beliefs, right? Like I said, if I can go without food and water for this long, I'm sure somebody else who's in a healthy state could do it as well. Um, but you got to believe in it and it doesn't have to be that long. You can do an intermittent fast, right? It doesn't have to be long. Just start at like 10 hours, start at 12 hours. Just start, right? Maybe you, just, maybe you don't even have a morning routine or anything. That's okay. Maybe you just, you know, after you wake up, 
You don't eat for two hours. You just focus on water. Mm. It's okay. Just get some water in your body. You slept for that many hours, you're already kind of dehydrated. You need water. Hydrate yourself. You know, let everything flush through. Use that water. Right? Yes. Simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. And that's it. No, man. You said everything there just beautifully. And I just want to touch on one, maybe two. Uh, one thing you said was that when I can go without food and water, like I can do anything. Yeah. This goes right back to the neuroplasticity we were talking about, right? Fasting goes so much deeper than just restricting food. Oh yeah. You're training your body to understand you can overcome adversity and overpower your mind because you can, you've done it and you've done it repeatedly for you. It's like 30 days that you're doing it right now, right? Yeah. About imagine day after day, month after or month after month, year after year, year after year, yeah. you're just, you're going to go back into this fast. You're going easy. I've already done it 10 times. No problem. And you're going to carry that. That energy is going to trickle over into every area of your life, which is fantastic. And I want to also touch on the fact that you said after like two days, you felt great from fasting. Your gut felt really great. And that's the thing that a lot of us, you know, kind of don't understand about this gut microbiome and the science. And again, it's a, I have a very rudimentary understanding as the science does, but there's a lot of research out there showing that the one thing that impact impacts the gut the most is us. Yeah. The foods we eat, the activities we do. And the food, that's one of the biggest contributors to it. But fasting, there's studies showing that you can modulate and shift your microbiome and gut bacteria into a more positive state after one single day. There you go. Of fasting or just, again, like you said, probiotics and prebiotics. The, one day is all it takes. And you'll notice a significant difference because you, it's like a veil has been lifted. Yeah. Like you get that energy off your back and like the bloating, like you can lose. This is why a lot of clients that come to me when that, <laughs> when I say, you know, try this with the gut microbiome, try these anti-inflammatory tactics. They go, I lost, I lost an inch overnight, like an inch off the waist. And that's, that's so big because so many people are following these caloric deficit diets and yeah. crash diets. There's other factors at play. Oh yeah. And if you're less under calories, this is, oh my goodness. I hate when personal trainers and nutritionists say, eat whatever calories you want as long as you're under calories. Exactly. It's terrible. It's terrible. The calories that make up those calories matter way more than just being under calories. Yes, sir. Because... No, go ahead. No, no, you know, no, you want to, you want to interject. Go ahead. Like, you can eat more calories, but if they're the right foods or healthy for you, you could still be on the right track to your goals. Boom. Right there, man. And again, like the, I know what we're talking about fasting, but fiber, um, if we're looking, looking at food, fiber is almost zero calories or you, you're, you don't digest fiber because guess who eats your fiber? The gut buddies that you have within your microbiome. Yes, sir. We're concerned about those calories though, but there's other factors at play. There's other things that are controlling your weight, other things you're controlling your calorie burning. So it's just really great to kind of see that dynamic and peek inside the actual science and the next generation of weight loss that comes along. And you've experienced it firsthand how much it can help, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You, you touched on something very, very important because, you know, fasting is, can, can change your life, right? But it goes hand in hand with what you're putting into your body. What, what, what's the food intake, right? Are you putting garbage in your body or are you putting decent foods in your body? At least decent. At the very minimum, you should be eating decent foods, right? Like um, you shouldn't be overeating all the time, right? That's something simple. That's not even about what you're eating. It's just about how much you're eating, right? Simple things, right? Because you can fast all you want and then you just go right back to the crappy foods and then, you know, you're just in this bad cycle, yeah. right? But you got to take care of both ends. And as soon as you take care of both ends, everything changes. Yes. I love that you said that. I used to work with a girl who came in every morning. She would do a 16-hour fast every day. Damn. And she would break her fast with a Starbucks maca frappe, whatever <laughs> it was. And she'd have like candy and chips. 
And I go, dude, what are you doing? What you're wasting your time and energy. You need to understand that what you're doing, not only during your fast, but when you're not fasting again, like you said, it makes yeah. a significant difference. You're defeating the purpose, you're defeating the purpose. That's it. All right, if you're looking to slim down, you could be making these five fatal fat loss mistakes. And with everybody out there, they're always talking about low carb this, keto that, our cardio sessions. With so much information, it can feel next to impossible to just know where to start. You might be even thinking, you know, these plans just don't work for you. But let me tell you this, that you are not alone. And now, now let me ask you this. How come when some people who start eating healthier, they slim down? while others stay the same or even pack on pounds. You know, why is that? And after working with countless people who have started quote unquote eating healthier, I've found five of the most common and fatal slim down traps that make it much harder for you to get results. And they're traps and mistakes that you could unknowingly be making right now, which is stumping your slim down results. Now, because I don't wanna see you struggle anymore, and because you're an avid listener of The Revive Effect, I've created a free slim down mistakes guide that you can access right now so you can discover which mistakes you're making maybe right now and exactly how to fix them. Now, do you really want to keep spinning your wheels endlessly stuck in quick fix culture? Or do you want to start making the changes that get you the results you want? Results that you're happy to look in the mirror at and most importantly, results that last your lifetime. So, Click that link in the show notes below and don't miss your chance to grab your free five fatal fat loss traps ebook and get going today. Okay, we saved the best for last. Okay, so this is talking about how the way that you talk to yourself and the words that you say every day can attract a life you've always wanted to live. But at the same time, it can also attract the life you don't want to live. Yep. Just the words is very powerful. So let me let me start with a story to kind of illuminate you what I mean. So I, I have a close friend of mine who all the time, they're always talking about how they want to start a business. They want to, you know, they want to branch out and do something aside from the regular nine to five. And all the time I go, what are you going to do? Like, what would that look like? And they always go, I don't know. I'm not good at anything. I can't do this. You know, I'm not smart. I don't have talent. And all the time I'm saying, do not say that to yourself. Like, do yeah. under like to understand what that is doing to you, even if it's very just kind of like, oh, I'm not good at anything. You're just brushing it off. There's one thing that's picking up on that, and there's one thing that we're all unaware of, and that is our subconscious mind. Yeah. Your subconscious mind picks up on every single detail, little kind of fragment of thought, belief, or even somebody just a, a nice little side comment. Your subconscious is picking up on that, whether you're aware of it or not. And Ultimately, that's what's going to shape you into the person you are and create what we call your belief system. Right? So if every day, like my friend in the story, if you say you're not good at it, I'm not good at anything. You're not good at anything. You're not good at anything. Over time, that's your reality because that's all you're seeing. You're not even primed to look for the things you are good at because yep. you're so stuck in that limiting belief mentality. And that's why in the first phase of the revive effect, we overcome this limiting belief, the self-sabotaging behavior and we work through this and understand the psychology of the actual mind. So that way, you know, we don't get sidetracked with our goals, with our progress, because ultimately that's why so many people fall off of workout plans and meal plans and even just goals in general is because they don't have the, 
the ability to navigate their self-sabotaging behaviors, navigate their negative self-talk. And ultimately, that's why you're going to end up back comfortable yep. where you were at the start. Powerful thing. So, Mahib, how important do you feel the way you talk to yourself is important or impacts your life? Game changer. Literally. I mean, what, last year, late last year, I went into this and, and I was tracking everything very closely, my progress and all that. If I don't move up or if, like, you know, the day-to-day is volatile, I beat myself up over it. Mm. Like, oh, shoot, I'm not getting to what I want to get to. You know, I'm not doing exactly what I want to do or I'm not, you know, reaching the heights that I want to be at. And sometimes progress is slow. That's okay, fine. But what that did was it hurt the way I was talking to myself. I was telling myself that I wasn't enough. Every day. Every single day, multiple times a day. Telling myself that, you know, maybe I'm just not cut for it. Maybe like, you know, this isn't working for me or whatever. And eventually what that leads to is disbelief in yourself, disbelief in your purpose, disbelief in your goals. It can destroy you, right? If you talk to yourself um, with care, right? Even with more compassion, right? You treat yourself well. You can go through challenging times. You can go through negativity. But when you come out of that, you come out of that very, very differently. If I beat myself up over every single little thing or whatever, and I went through a challenging time, I'm going to be in a really, really bad place after that, right? But if I can talk to myself in a healthy way where I can take care of myself and my mental health the way it needs to be taken care of by speaking to myself the right, in, in the right way, then I'm going to come out of that a lot better, right? I'm going to continue to grow. I'm not going to stop myself, right? What I went through was, you know, I, I had this bad habit where inside I'm telling myself, you know, these subtle, subtle negative things. And it took a while to catch on because it was so subtle, but that builds up. And like you said, subconscious, mm. right? It, it can destroy you, right? And I got to this point where I'm like, man, like something really needs to change. And I talked to one of my buddies and we were like, 2022, like this needs to change because he used to do it too. And I used to do it. And we both talked about it and we're like, holy crap, this is, this is going to, you know, destroy us. Like we can't continue on that path. And so you got to talk to yourself with care. You got to talk to yourself with positivity. You got to talk to yourself with belief, with trust. Because if you don't trust yourself, how the hell are you going to achieve those goals? How the hell are you going to do something new? How the hell are you going to crush it? You're not. You you just can't do it, right? Because you don't believe in yourself. You don't trust yourself, right? So what it really does is it starts from, you know, the way you talk to yourself. And sometimes you have to do it very consciously because it starts to happen subconsciously as a habit, right? Mm -hmm. And... You might need to start by just telling yourself, you know, um, I'm happy with the way I did this, or I'm proud of myself because I did this, right? Or because of the way I handled X, right? Or um, I'm grateful that, you know, I went through this challenge or whatever, but I came out like this because I learned this, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean you have to paint everything with this, oh, positivity, daisies and sunshine everywhere, right? You accept negativity, Right. But the way you talk to yourself and the way you've programmed yourself to talk to yourself, if you do it in a healthy way, you can get through it really, really well. Right. Um, People like they get carried away. We're like, you know, you got to be super positive and stuff. And this is life, man. Not everything is positive. Not everything's daisies and sunshine. Right. You're going to face challenges. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have things that slap you in the face and hit you like a truck. Right. But if you can talk to yourself in a caring, compassionate, healthy way, that's right for you where you can be positive, um, you can come out that stronger than ever, better than ever, and you will continue to prosper. And like you said with that example, if you tell yourself you can't do it, 
you're not going to do it. And guess what? Yeah. It's just simple as day. Yeah. Okay. So amazing that the way that you describe that and that beautifully leads us into the next kind of topic, which is the law of attraction. So Mm. can you break down for us and break down for our listeners who don't know what this is in its simplest (laughs) terms? Yeah, honestly, this is so powerful. And all it is, is the energy that you have will attract the same. Simple as that. Simple. There's no easier way that I can say it. If you have a negative, bad energy, right? You're not going to attract anything amazing, right? Look, the way I look at life, bro, you have destiny and you have free will, okay? Things might be predetermined. I believe in that stuff, right? But we have the control, right? I have the choice to say what I want to say right now on this podcast, right? I have the choice to do that, right? Um, and, And really... The law of attraction where it comes in is, you know, I have the choice to talk to myself the way I want to talk. I have the choice to talk to you the way I want to talk to you. I have the choice to attract positivity. I could, I have the choice to, to live my life in abundance, mm. right? Here's, here's a prime example. Some people, you know, you got to save money. You got to save money. You got to save money, right? Because, hey, you know, frankly, like, you know, I have bills to pay and I need to save my money. But if you think about it from an abundance mindset, it's not about saving. It's about, okay, how can I make this greater? How can I make my income greater? Right? You're asking different questions now, right? And income is just an example. Obviously, dude, if you can't pay your bills, make sure you save money so you can pay your bills. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to do that, yeah. right? But like, it's abundance, right? You, you, will, you are what you attract, right? And if you're going to go into a situation with a negative mindset, I don't know, maybe your mind is full of bad thoughts or whatever about something, and you go into it, you're not going to come out of it feeling amazing because you've already you've predetermined it. You told yourself, okay, this is crap. Mm-hmm. And you go into it, you're going to treat it like that, right? If, you're, if you constantly convince yourself of something being bad, I guarantee you it will be bad, right? If you tell yourself about your dreams or whatever, like, yo, this is not going to work, and you constantly, like, you know, you, you keep thinking about it and you keep telling yourself it's not going to work, it's not going to work. I guarantee you it's not going to work. But the moment you change the way you think about that, and you tell yourself, okay, you know what? It's challenging. I'm going to make it work and I'm going to do X, Y, Z or whatever, right? Or I believe or I have faith. I have trust in myself. I have trust in the world. I have trust in the universe. I have trust in God, whatever you believe in, that this will work and this will happen. Things will conspire in your, in your favor. Things will happen, right? But you have to believe in it. If I told you, right, that like, you know, I'm struggling with this, but like, I don't really believe in myself. God is going to tell me, bro, you're not going to make it, right? Yeah. You could have a relationship with somebody. You could have friendship with somebody. This could be with your parents. This could be your own dreams. This could be like a trip you want to go on, but you don't believe you can go on it because you don't have anybody. You're alone or whatever. I don't know what it could be. But if you're positive, if you can, you know, have this abundance mindset, if you can have this view in the world and with everything that you do, um, you will attract greatness. You will attract amazing things because you know as difficult as it is you know life will throw a lot of crap at you right but the way you see things changes the way you experience it changes the way you feel changes the way you think about it and it changes the way you leave that Mm. right like if if you go into something badly you're going to come out badly if you convince yourself something's bad it will be bad right the more you say things the more true they become right if you say 
that, you know, you're going to, you know, attract greatness and whatever that greatness means to you, right? You don't have to literally say attract greatness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say, you say whatever that thing is for you, right? And if you truly believe in it, right, with all your heart, right, and you have faith in it and you trust in it and you trust yourself to achieve that, you will get it, right? But if you don't, if you have the opposite of that, you're never going to get it. And you've already told yourself you're not going to get it. So why the heck would you even hope that it's going to happen? It's not going to happen. Give up. Mm. Powerful. That's powerful that's it. thing. You right are there. what you attract. That's it. You are what you attract. And that's your choice. It is your choice, it's like your you choice. said. And one, the one thing I really took away from that whole monologue, beautiful monologue you <laughs> said, um, was that when you're attracting things you want and you're talking better about yourself, you're asking different questions. Yeah. You're not asking those disempowering questions. And one way I really like to talk about this specific thing is when people who are overweight and they come to me and they say, I want, I want my weight off. I'll do whatever it takes. It's gone. It's gotta be gone. You're coming from a very limiting mindset, a very yeah. fearful, insecure mindset. And I get it. It's so frustrating to have things not go your way, especially when it's doing, it's inhibiting you from doing a lot of things that you want to do in life. And I get that. I hear that. But what I want you to hear is that when you're eating to beat your fat, you have to understand that you need to get in the mindset of what a lean person already would do. Yes. A lean person doesn't eat to beat their fat. A lean person eats to nourish their body, to upgrade their body, to make sure they're healthy and energized. Meanwhile, somebody who's overweight, they're thinking, I can't have this, it's too many calories. Oh, I can't have that food, it's off plan. Meanwhile, somebody who's lean says, my body feels great. I can eat what I want, when I want, because I'll burn it off, I'll fast, I'll do all these things because I know my body's healthy. And again, you're asking different questions in that scenario because you're not asking, you know, what can I eat? What can I eat? You're asking, how can I eat to upgrade my entire life? How can I eat to increase my longevity? Yeah. They're totally different mindsets, totally different scenarios. And again, you're going to attract different outcomes for you. One's yep. going to stay stuck. One's going to stay or one's going to propel their life forward. Yeah. Powerful things right there. Yeah. And I, I really like how you said, um, you know, what does that person who's lean or, or feeling great, what do they say? What do they think? What do they feel? Mm. How do they make their choices? Right. And I think this is from Atomic Habits or something like that. One of the books. Don't quote me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he said this thing about goals and outcome where like you can't limit your happiness to a certain point in time. Right. And when you do have your goals, you know, you break them down, right? And you look at, okay, to be at that goal, right? Don't think of it as a goal. Think about it as you, as a person. And what does that person do? What does that person say? What does that person mm. think and believe, right? And all you got to do is you just got to do that today. And you will be where you want to be, right? So if you, you know, if you're desperate, you're thinking like, oh, I'll do anything to lose this fat or lose this weight and whatnot. And like, you know, that's not what that person is saying. Not what the lean person is saying. No, yeah. not what the lean person is saying. That person already knows, right? Like, yo, I'm going to do this and that. And like you said, you know, I can eat whatever I want to eat. Find the right imbalance right imba with everything in life, with your work, with your family, with your eating, with your fasting. Find the right imbalance that works for you, right? There's never going to be a balance. There's always going to be one thing that's more, one thing that's less here and there, up and down. And it's dynamic. It's fluid. It moves, right? And so if you're able to find the right imbalance for you, right, and you can be that person that you actually want to be in the future, whoever that person is and whatever they do and believe in, as long as you do that today, you will get to where you want to be, right? comes with the power of attraction, right? Because if you're saying that today, right? you're saying that, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or you're already in the future state, you believe truly deep inside that you're already there. And the more you do that, the longer you do that, the longer 
um, you know, this is where neuroplasticity comes in. You're programming your mind to think that way, right? Your subconscious is now automatically doing these things. You set yourself up for success and it's nearly impossible for you to fail. It's just waiting for the universe to catch up to what you desire. That's, That's it. it. Time is going to catch up. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about this whole process of law of attraction and manifestation because I, for those of you who think this is woo-wee, I know a lot of you might think this is very woo-wee. Who are these guys talking about this? Just hear me out. Be open-minded because a lot of the people we like to work with are very growth-minded, open-minded. So I think this message is going to resonate really deeply. When we're talking about law of attraction and manifestation, wanting something and saying you want something is one thing. Yep. But manifestation without action is just a dream. The universe can't give you what you want if you're just saying things and taking no action to go get it. For people in a relationship, I was talking with my buddy the other day. They go, man, like, I think all the girls are gone. Like all the girls <laughs> got boyfriends. And then one of our other buddies goes, well, when's the last time you asked out a girl? And he goes, I don't know, three years ago. He goes, so what do you expect? Like, how can you expect to manifest and attract a girlfriend into your life if you're not taking the action in alignment with the person who has a girlfriend? Yeah. So... What I really want to talk about here is when you're talking about manifestation and what you want to do, look for the ways that you have power and influence over your actions and behaviors to get you to that point. Yes. So one thing that I manifested, I was, you know this, I was at a role in the corporate world that I hated, mm. could not stand the job. I was dragged down and I just hated going there every day. But I go, you know what? What do I have in my power to change this? I can either A, upgrade the situation I'm in, make my environment better, set boundaries with coworkers, or yep. I can attract a new reality. So for me, I attracted a new job and I said, I want to work from home. I want a great team. I want a team who's up my, uh, uplifting, inspiring, energizing. I want to be paid well yep. and I want to be good at my job and I want it to give me a great work-life balance. Yes. Now, I'm not bragging or anything, but I just want to let you know that role that I just described, that's currently what I'm operating in right now at a new Boom. company. But it comes from deliberate manifestation, deliberate action. I constantly, I was doing trial projects for this company. I was reaching out to other companies. I was saying it, still vocalizing it every day, what I want to manifest, what I want to attract. And over time, guess what the universe met me with? Success, baby. Exactly. So, okay, <laughs> Mahib, now I want you to walk us through your process of manifestation for something that you want in life and for our listeners today that they can implement so they can attract what they desire in life. Yeah. You know, this is such a powerful question and I think everybody will do it differently. Um, but my process with this, man, it starts with identifying, you know, what you really want what you're really going for and understanding the why behind it, right? Your, you know, situation with the, the job, right? The corporate job and, and, you know, you identify the problem with it, right? You couldn't live with that. That was draining you. And you, from there, you were able to point out what you really, really want, right? What can really make my life better? What reality is actually going to be better for me? It's, it's going to be right and healthy for me, hmm. right? Um, so that's where it starts for me as well, right? Where like I'm able to identify, be aware of the things that are around me and be aware of the things that I do want, the reality that I do want to live, right? And that's where it starts. It starts with a vision. It starts with seeing that this is possible, that this is a reality that I can have that can be a part of my life, right? And, you know, once you see that, what happens with me is I think about, okay, well, you know, we're all up in the clouds right now. How do we bring this down and how do we get grounded, right? How does this, how, how can this actually be possible, right? And now this is where the work comes in, right? We're like, okay, I'm going to need to do this. I'm going to need to do this. I'm going to need to do this. I was looking for another job too. I was in a similar situation and I was like, okay, what I need to do is I need to find the right company for me 
that's going to give me the right balance so that I can focus on my business, my mental health, and the things that I got to work on. I want the right team, whatever, benefits, I don't know. You could, you could say whatever you want, right? I found what I wanted, and all I did was I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to apply to all these companies. I got to take the action, like you said, mm-hmm. right? You got to step out. You got to get out into the world, and you got to action it, right? No matter what it is, no matter what you want in this life, right? You can say you want it. You can pray for it. You can have faith in it. You can have trust in it and all of those things. But dude, you got to go out and do the work, right? You can't you can't sit down and expect you know money to come your way without doing any, doing any work. You got to work on the business, right? If you're in a client based situation, you got to do your outreach. You got to get your referrals. You got to do what you want to do, right? You got to do your advertising, your marketing. You got to put the work in to get what you want, mm. right? And you know you got to be positive. You got to have that you know mentality behind it to start with. That's where the manifestation comes in. That's where all of those things come in. You got to believe in it. You got to prove to yourself that you can achieve it, right? You got to prove to your subconscious and you got to, you know, um, almost like mold that into the belief that this is true. This is reality and I can have it, right? And then you just put the work in and it will come to you surely, right? But, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back. And I think, um, you know, we talked about this a little while ago. Sometimes you're throwing everything at something. It's not working. You got to take a step back. You got to reevaluate and you got to get back into this. Um, and I think I might touch on this a little later. You know what? It's actually the perfect time to touch on it because yeah. that's the next little bit we're about to dive into because like, we're always so attached to the goals and the outcomes of our dreams and the things we say we want. But as you and I both know, like as entrepreneurs and especially as people who are coming from this kind of heightened awareness, yeah. that the real growth and the real opportunity lies within the process of getting to the outcome. And one of the biggest things that is, a, is along that outcome is that concept of resistance, yeah. right? And I, you texted me this morning, literally sending me a quote about resistance, yeah. which is, it's amazing to go and how it's all intertwining right now. So how can somebody who's so involved with their goals, so attached to the outcome of their goals, how can they detach, let go of that resistance so it flows more freely to them? Yeah, no, this is a really, really good question. Now, honestly, number one, um, this ties into the atomic habits thing that I kind of brought up where like you got to separate yourself from the actual outcome of that goal, right? And you got you to gotta figure out, okay, who is that person that's at that point in time, right? What do they think? What do they believe? What do they do, right? And be that person today, right? Because... Really what it is, is it's about habits, right? You cannot limit your happiness or your success or like your whatever. Like you can't, you can't limit your well-being to a certain point in time being like, yo, once I'm successful, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Don't do that. That's terrible, mm-hmm. right? You got to be happy today. You got to do that in the present. You got to be happy in the present in order for you to get to wherever you want to be, right? With the right habits. Um, and so, I mean, that's super, super important. Going back to your question... Um, you know, with the whole day-to-day thing, right? You're working on something. You're just putting all the work in. Like, just imagine you have a boxing glove on, right? And you're just punching the bag over and over and over <laughs> again in the right spot, right? You think it's the right spot, and you're just putting all your energy into it. You're getting drained. It's not working. You're like, what the heck, man? You're frustrated. You know, you're you're like, I put my all into it. I went through this experience, right? You put everything into something. It's not working. Mm. And you feel so down, bro. You feel so low. You feel broken because you're like, dude, I gave this my all. And it didn't work, right? Like, you believed in it. Everything was there. Why didn't it work? And you question it and you get frustrated. And sometimes you beat yourself up over it. But really, man, all it is is sometimes you just have to take a step back, right? When you started on that journey or whatever it is that you wanted, you, you started with trusting it and believing in it. 
You got to continue to trust, right? You got to trust in the world. You got to put trust in God. You got to have faith. You got to have all of those things. And you step back and sometimes you let the world do what it needs to do, mm. right? Sometimes you got to take a step back to let some things happen, to let some things play out and take where life takes you, right? And maybe you just got to punch a different spot on that bag to get that knockout, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And by stepping back, you'll uncover that opportunity because now you have the space, you have the time, you have the opportunity to be aware of these things. Whereas when you're in it, you're in this box and you're just going at it, right? You're in the ring, mm -hmm. right? But in the moment you step out, now you have this heightened awareness of all of the things that are happening, all the different gears that are moving. And you know, okay, you know what? Maybe that wasn't working. Maybe that was a really dumb thing to do. I don't know. I was in it and I just kept doing it. I was looking at it. Maybe I should have asked more questions. Maybe I should have done this and that. And you notice it when you step out of it. So step out. Take a step back. Mm. Give it some time. Patience. Patience is a huge thing, right? Patience is a virtue. Like you, virtue. you can't force things into place and make them happen right on time at all times. Sometimes the world has its own clock and you have your own clock. And when things align, they will align, right? Mm. But if you don't step back, you won't be able to answer the questions. You won't be able to change, you know, your, your progress or the things that you're doing. You won't be able to make the decisions that are required for you to get to where you want to be. Yes. Right. And so sometimes step back, let some things play out, reevaluate, see how you can go back into it. And maybe you go, you don't go back into it. Maybe you go into something else that's even greater for you. There it is right there. Right. And that's, that's the way, you, that's the way to go about it. Let go of the re resistance, detach a little bit. It's hard. Let me it's tell so you, hard. so hard. But again, we're very rewarding once you actually see how it all on plays. Yeah. And what, one thing I want to touch on there, especially with that term in terms of resistance and taking that step back. Like you said, you're just punching the bag. You're just trying to knock it out. Maybe that's a sign from the universe saying, this is not the path you need to take. Yeah. You need to understand that there are signs that are coming at you every day. And if you're not tuned in, you're wasting your energy, your blood, sweat, and tears on the wrong thing. But once you take that step back, you have that clarity to say, oh, let me just, let me just go around. It's right there. Different angle. That's so, it. Yeah. It's all about that disconnecting detachment, letting go of resistance. Yeah. Again, super hard. Be deliberate and intentional with that action though. Yeah. Okay, so what are your views, Mahib, in our social groups and how they influence us into, into a certain belief system or identity that you might not even want? You know, you're being forced to or to go, you know, focus on your friend's dream. They yeah. want to go do these certain activities. They believe these certain things. And that essentially, do you believe that molds them into the person that they are? Or you know, how much impact do the people around you kind of influence the way you become, your beliefs and all that other good stuff? Yeah, I'm going to say something a little bit different over here, um, different than probably what you've heard and a lot of other people have heard. And maybe it's just because of my experience with it and, and who I am with it. But I believe everybody has a choice to be um, the way like you know, I was with it, right? Where like, you know, I could be with a group of people, but I will not be influenced by them. I will still make my decisions, right? I can hang around people. I can do whatever I want to do. Those are my choices, right? You often hear, you know, you're, um, you know, the, the product of the people around you, right? Because, you know, you do what they want to do. You know, if they're out drinking and clubbing, you're going to be out drinking and clubbing. If they're, you know, I don't know, doing something unhealthy, you're going to start doing that unhealthy thing. If they're gaming all the time, you're going to start gaming all the time. If they're just binging movies, you're going to start binging movies. But, like, it's your choice at the end of the day, right? You have the ability to be who you want to be, right? You can still hang out with that person, right? Um, to an extent, to whatever you want, right? 
and make the decisions that you want to make, right? And you also have the ability to influence them to a more positive lifestyle, mm. right? These are things in your power. And these are things that we often forget, right? A lot of times online, social media, these gurus and all this type of stuff are like, you know, don't hang around bad people and whatnot. Obviously, you shouldn't hang around bad people, right? Sometimes you care about people, right? Your family. And these are your choices, right? If you choose to, you know, be with somebody or whatever, and like, let's say they love clubbing and drinking and stuff. You don't have to go clubbing and drinking, man. You don't have to do that. Nobody is holding you to that, right? But obviously, that being said, you should be surrounding yourself with people um, that, that are, you know, above you and chasing greater things and places that you want to be at, right? Um, your circle shouldn't only consist of people below you. Look at the people above you, mm. right? And how does that tie to your goals? What can they do to help you be who you need to be to get to where you want to be, right? Because they might have some of the keys that you don't have. They may have experienced some of the things that you haven't experienced. Don't get me wrong, in life, like you have to experience to learn to go through things. But if they are telling you, if they have the answers, you hang out with them and you, you know, you start to pick up some of their habits and some of the things. You pick up the way somebody talks sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if a lot of you have noticed, but like sometimes if you go to another country, you're going to start speaking with their accent. Without, without, without realizing, yep. you're going to start doing that. And that's a product of your environment because all you're around is these people with this accent and now you start saying it. You don't realize it, but you're just doing it somehow, right? And so that's just another example of this. So, you know, at the end of the day, my thing is, yeah, you can hang out with other people. Some people have some bad habits. You have the choice to not fall into those habits. You have to be aware of it and you have to understand how that's affecting you and impacting you. Try to hang out with people greater than you and doing amazing things as well, right? Don't take away from the negative or bad people, whatever you want to call it. Um, and try to learn from the people around you. Try to learn from every single situation. You see somebody doing something bad, there's something that you can learn from there. Always. See somebody doing something great, again, there's something you can learn from there. And that's it. Dynamite. Yes, man. All right, Mahi, man. Absolutely fantastic answers. I'm so grateful. And I can. I think I speak on behalf of all the listeners today. We're so grateful to for you to share your wise insight. So where can all of us connect with you further or kind of learn more about what you do in the world after this podcast? Dude, honestly, um, I'm getting started on this. But what you can do is you can actually hit me up on LinkedIn, all right, at Muhib Mansuri. Um, and then soon, uh, what you'll see is that I'm going to be I'm getting on Twitter. Um, so hit me up on Twitter, underscore Muhib M, um, and we can connect over there and build. Beautiful. That's it. Thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you stuck around to the end, and I'm so grateful that you took the opportunity and your time to spend it here with me at The Revive Effect. So if you like what you heard today, please, I ask that you share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear the information. Or even if you did like it, please subscribe, give us a like, give us a comment, even email us and tell us what you liked about the podcast. We appreciate you so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, again, don't be afraid to visit our website, R-V-I-V-E official, reviveofficial.ca to learn more and keep up with all the latest and greatest things that we are doing today. If you are someone who is feeling insecure, they're unhappy, unhealthy, and stuck in fear, I've created the Revive Effect and my company Revive in order to transform you into somebody who is the fitter, healthier, happier you, who is more confident than they've ever been in their entire lives. 
and who is driven and hungry for growth every day and actually wakes up energized and happy. So give a look over to our website because that's where you're going to find all the latest and greatest information and tools and resources in order for you to attain that and make that vision of yours a reality. So I'm Matt Celestio. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple weeks here on the Revive Effect podcast.